0: Thanks for listening to the podcast from Gary Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Wilson, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. Good morning. Wow, there's a lot of you. (laughs) Good morning to my homies over in the gathering place. I have to look this way to talk to them, but they're actually over here. And good morning to everybody online that's joining us, especially my Nashville contingent that's out there today. What's up? Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button. Ha 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 ha. And then we got through the introduction yet? He already got jokes. I uh, I've always been privileged to be able to um, to get to preach the first sermon of every year. We we get to do this series called Resolved. We built it around the idea that everybody makes resolutions during New Year's. And then, generally speaking, three weeks in, it's like ah, I'll try again next year. So, but we, what we want the the re- resolution to be is one that matters, one that really, really matters. Going to the gym, that's good. It's not bad. Um, you know, eating better, that's good. It's not bad. But getting closer to God is is much more important than anything you can do to your body. It's much more important. And so, what we like to do is to take this moment and set a resolution to get closer to God. And this year, we know that God's doing a new thing. So that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. In your life, God's doing a new thing. We know that God's doing a new thing. He's not really a God that, that does encores very often. He kind of he does His thing, and if you missed it, He's like, well, jump on board. You'll be ready for the next one, right? There's a couple of places in Scripture, actually, in, in our text today, he talks about a new thing. But this is actually backed up in a couple of different places. So Christ is making us new, 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So he's making us new. He's also making all things new. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. So I don't know, there's a bunch of you, as we've covered. That doesn't make me nervous at all, because I like being up in front of people, and I'm not shaky right now. So so I can't possibly guess where you're coming from in this past year. I don't know what 22 looked like for you. For some of you, it was a good year. For some of you, it's kind of a rebound year of, let's say, some questionable years before so maybe some of you are doing a little better financially than you were. Maybe some of you picked up a new job that you really like. Maybe some of you added a new family member, hopefully one that you really like. <laughs> but for some of you, you're coming in out of 22, Hope hoping 23 is different. Because some of you, it's the other side of that coin. Some of you maybe fell into financial hardship this year. Some of you maybe lost a family member this year. Some of you maybe feel like you're stuck in a job that you don't like, but you don't know how to get out of it. But the good news is, the encouraging thing is that God's doing a new thing. Wherever you are, God's doing a new thing. It's not the same old thing. So if it's been going well for you, that's great. It can get even better. If it's going bad for you, hold on. It's going to get better. The book of Isaiah God spoke to his people and encouraged them that he was going to do a new thing. If you need that encouragement this morning, then listen to this promise. God's doing a new thing. And if you want to experience that, Isaiah's is going to help us out. You turn into your in your biblical devices to Isaiah 43. We're going to go 16 through 21. I'm going to get a drink of water while y'all flip to your apps. People turn into their Bible, uh, but like 20 years ago, it was a lot more dramatic. Now everybody's just like, beep, boop, boop and it just pops up. Like Siri gets it for him Back in the day, it was like everybody's like flipping pages. and Now it's like Siri, Isaiah 43. Isaiah forty three sixteen through 21 Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. 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 So. We got a good bit to get to. We also get some, some kind of squirrely fun stuff. There's a path, the, the, the ostriches, y'all, ostriches. That word might have been a little different, depending on what your version is, but mine, I get ostriches in a scripture reading. How often does that happen? That's fun. All right. So he's given us three reasons that we can believe that God, that we can trust God is doing new things. The first one, because God redefines our past. Because God redefines our past. This one's interesting. Thus says the Lord, the beginning of this thing, thus says the Lord. Lord right here, capital L, is Yahweh. It's the, the most the most lordest name He's got. The biggest, broadest God name He's got. And He's, he's dropping it right here at the beginning. He says, uh... Th- this is, this is this is me talking, right? He, he's establishing initially. Thus says the Lord. But then he, he does something that is interesting. When you were reading it, I don't know if you picked up on it. But uh, does anybody in here have letters after their name? Like, do you have a degree that makes you have letters after your name? Or like in your email signature? Anybody in here have got letters after their name? There's a three-year-old back there that has letters after name. Oh, okay. He was volunteering for somebody else. <laughs> so... Or, or uh, like, maybe if you're a doctor. Is there any, any doctor? We got a doctor in here? Doctor in the house. Right, so that, that's a, it's a title. It's an honorary title. So this is kind of how he stamps the intro. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. So he, he retells... Saving of Israel from Egypt. He retells it, and he's like, so thus says me, hey, I'm the guy who did all that crazy stuff. I'm that powerful. I make the ocean go like this. I make a whole army just get, pew, just it's there, and then it's not. Pew. Don't worry about all that stuff. I've got some stuff I could really stand on if I really needed to impress y'all. My track record is impeccable, as I can remind you, but don't worry about that stuff. Does that make sense? So that's what, that whole 16 through 17 is just him saying, you remember who I am? And then he goes on. Remember not the former things. Remember not. Put them out of your brain. All the things I've done for you before, you can put them aside. The former things. Keep in mind, this is a time, this is 700 years before Christ. Isaiah's writing all this stuff, which, by the way, in case you didn't notice, uh, we'll, we'll go back and read through it. It's all pointing to Christ. 700 years before. That's crazy to me. But he's saying, this is 700 years before Christ, but it's, it's way after God has led his people all over the place, right? So they've been following him for a long time, and he's done all these miracles for them. He's done all this deliverance for them. He's already saved them from enslavement. He's already fed them out of heaven. He's keeping them alive. And now he's saying, all that stuff was fun. All that stuff was good. But stop leaning on that stuff. Put that stuff away. That happened, but it happened. It's not happening now. And it's not going to happen again. It already happened, so don't lean on that so much. This kind of it, it, the image that I get of this is I don't know if any of you have like know somebody who like they did one great thing in high school or whatever, and they're like forty five now, and they still that's the thing that they still like that you know whatever it was prom prom king or queen or whatever it was that's that's still their thing sometimes. You know, that gets, it's like, okay, you've, you've played that, you played that tune before. Let's, let's, let's get, let's get something new. So remember not, nor consider, same thing, same idea, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. This kind of sounds like a, like a bit of a reiteration, remember not the former things, consider the thing nor consider the things of old kind of sounds like the same thing so i kind of get a idea here that there's maybe a duality going on that maybe it's like um don't worry about the the stuff that i've done for you in the past but also forget about the stuff you've done in the past for me that connects that resonates a lot more i don't necessarily want to forget about the stuff god's done for me in the past But I don't want to only rely on that. What I can rely on is that he's telling me, don't worry about the stuff you've done in the past. You got a clean slate. He's redefining our past. 1 Corinthians 6 Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That big list of stuff right there makes people grip up on their arm of their chair a little bit more. Whenever it starts getting into the bad stuff, we kind of get nervous because we know some of us are right in the middle of this list. Some of us are in there maybe a couple of times. And you go, ah. Oh, Ah, see, I'm a failure. Remember not the former things. I'm a failure. I messed up again. It's not even a former thing. Now it's a now again thing. But in that moment, God says, I still got you. I still love you. Come back to me. And now it's a former thing. You see? You can't mess up enough that God is like, when you go, I'm sorry. He goes. Now you already said sorry. He said it too many times already. You're done, though. God's not like that. Remember not the former things. Psalm 103:12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. You remember that thing that you were just worried about. You remember that thing that you thought you were carrying on your shoulders. In Christ, it is as far from you as the east is from the west. How far is the east from the west? Well, east is that way and west is that way. And some of the Boy Scouts in the room are like, that is not the directions. <laughs> it's just, is metaphor. Settle down, Boy Scouts, with your survival training. It's just that way and that way. It's all the way that way and all the way that way. It's not, you never walk that way and, and get to east. It's just east is a So that's how far that thing that you thought you were carrying in a backpack—that's how far it is from you—is infinity far from you. Remember, not the former things. Don't dwell on those things. At the same time, don't dwell on the things you accomplished a year and two ago. That one time I helped at the homeless shelter—that should count, right? I'm doing good stuff, right? Let's move to the next scripture piece and then I'll I'll come back to that thought. Philippians 3. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I do not consider that I have made it my own. This speaks a little bit to a a, a a thing like an earworm that's that's creeping into Christianity of the idea that like oh I'm a good person. It's a very American watered down version of Christianity. I mean, you know, are you are you a Christian? You a Christ follower? I'm a good person. I think you know God God loves me. I'm doing well enough to, for God to accept me. I do not consider that I have made it my own it's not about being a good person being a good person ends up being the result of being a christian not the cause of being a christian if you if you follow christ if you strain toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus you end up accidentally being a good person doing good things almost So it's not about what I've done. Consider not the things of the past. Okay. So he's redefined our past. So that's good. But what does that mean? Like, what do we do with that? Well, let's keep going. God renews our vision. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Okay. So he's cleaned the slate. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's fancy pretty language. What does all that mean? Behold. Behold Behold is a word, it's a Bible word. We don't do it too much. I think PG makes jokes sometimes that he wants to try to bring it back where he goes to be in the grocery store. I'm like, behold, I have saved $7.25 with my membership card. We don't use it very much, but it's, it's mostly the Bible going, hey, yo, right? It's thinking, like, taking you down a thought, taking you down a thought. For, okay, forget about all that stuff. Yo, here's what I was getting to, though. So that's, that's the behold. Hey, yo. I am doing a new thing. A new thing is kind of the, the image that I get here is is um, that like that idea that uh, we were talking that I was talking about a second ago, where where God doesn't really do encores, where uh, in 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 one breath He's telling Moses to hit the rock with a stick, and the second breath He's telling Moses to talk to a rock. He had some weird instructions for Moses, but He's working toward an end goal, but He doesn't always give you the same steps always the exact same thing i'm doing a new thing anybody pick up on what the new thing is yet we'll get there maybe you just don't think you're allowed to talk in church that's fine that's cool (laughs) it's all good now it springs forth springs forth to me is is kind of like a image of 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 unveiling it's not so much like, like, a, like a panther springs forth, like, bah! It's not so much like that. Although it did, in time, happen in a pretty small amount of time. But it's this idea that he's growing this thing. Springs forth, like, a, like out of a barren earth, this, this little plant starts. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? This is the most important word in this little part right here. Do you not perceive it? Remember, this is Isaiah talking to the the chosen people, the Jewish people, Hebrews, 700 years before Christ. We have the benefit of hindsight. So he's asking, I'm doing this this new thing. Are, Are you not seeing it? But this word... It's more than just like with your eyes, with your eyeballs. It's something bigger than that. It's um, actually I watched Avatar the other day because apparently there's a new Avatar came out, and uh, and so I watched the old Avatar again because it was like 14 years ago that I saw it or whatever it was, and they they have a, they have a thing in there that I see you right, and the, the capital like see you. But but it's this this idea that I I, I see you and I know you. I I, I see and I understand. And that's kind of what this perceive idea is. It's, it's not just, can't you see that bus right there? Why did you drive into it? It's, it's like, do you understand what I'm doing? Can't you feel it? For us, we have hindsight to see all the things that were coming. At this point in time, they didn't have the knowledge of all that would come but even here, God is saying like, don't, don't, don't you feel that inside yourself? Perceive. God sees things differently than we see things. He goes way past the surface. In 1 Samuel, he says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. The dude they're talking about right there, outwardly, should be a great king. But God says, I don't see the way you see. I see the whole thing. He's changing the way we see things. He renews our vision. I had, I get this, this idea, this image of my sister, she can't see so good. And my wife can't see so good. And when they were kids, so when you're kids and you really can't see very well for your whole life, you don't really know, like I don't hear well, but I never really knew I didn't hear well until like, I, you know, learned. But I, I was just like, this is just what the world sounds like. And so the same thing is true if you had this experience as a kid where... Um, my wife Mandy, when she got glasses, she was like, "Oh, there are leaves on the trees." I thought it was just a small. And and my my uh, my sister had a very similar experience where where she she uh, got, got glasses for the first time, and we're in a car, and she goes, "Oh!" And my dad says, "What?" And she says, "There's writing on the buses." <laughs> That's a very funny image to me, but I think I think that is is kind of what we're talking about here in a more spiritual way than a physical way but this idea that that once this new thing has happened once you're in christ you see things differently first corinthians for who can know the lord's thoughts who knows enough to teach him but we understand these things for we have the mind of christ Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? I think there's a little tiny bit of warning in there where when we try to rewrite the Bible, the parts we don't like, we're like, ah, yeah, but I don't think God really does it that way because I don't like it that way. I think really, I I know there's words in here that say otherwise, but I think the real way it is is this way that I like it. Who knows enough to teach Him? But in Christ... We understand these things. We can understand that God sees bigger than us, that we can trust Him. I've been I've been harping a little bit on our, our sort of uh, man made religions, and I think it, it's a it's a it's a sticky subject for me. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to reconcile, even in myself. But ultimately. I have to give my mind to God. I have to give my spirit to God. Ultimately, I'm not the judge of good and evil. And so that's why I think this this idea of changing the way you view the world and viewing them through God's lens is so important. However you see the world, I'd like to just, just take a second. Just everybody close your eyes and bow your heads. I just... This, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan Combs in Rocky Mountain, he wrote this prayer, and I think it's beautiful. So just take a second and listen to these words. God, help me to see as you see. Help me to see where you are working, where you would have me devote my attention, and help me see myself as you do. Amen. As you're going into this next year, keep that prayer on your heart above all other prayers. God, help me to see you. Help me to see where you are working, where you would have me devote my attention, and help me to see myself as you do. That history that you're so ashamed of is as far as the east from the west. Let it go. Walk in God. Third reason he gives because God reshapes our purpose. Because God reshapes our purpose. The beasts, the wild beasts will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches. I can't get through that without laughing because ostriches is in my Bible. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. He reshapes our purpose. This new thing is, is happening. The thing that you were is melted away. Now you're a new thing. So, all right, so let's talk for a second about this thing that I can't get past without snickering that. The wild beasts will honor me the jackals and the ostriches. Do you all, I'm, so the, I'm out of the ESV. Um, we t- we teach out of the ESV because it's it's the best understanding, best, best, best easily understandable, and also the you know fairly accurate. If you have uh, NIV, you're going to have different two different animals there, or at least one different animal. I think NIV. I think in NIV it's jackals and owls, not as funny as ostriches. And if you're one of the bold King James people, and I got any King James people in here? All right then you get dragons and owls. All right, so hang on. Let's, we, have to, okay, we have to get this for a second because this is one of the, the things that I actually I run up against when I, I talk to people who um, don't like the Bible is that the translation issue, the issue of translation. And so the three major ones that I would teach out of would be King James, NIV, ESV, and they all say different animals. So of course, there's translations issues in the Bible and of course, that means the Bible is invalid. That's the logic progression of thought. But the idea here is this. It's just all the animals. It's just, you, you get, in, in either of those like translations, you still get the same idea of a jackal is very different than an ostrich. It's very different than an owl. A dragon is certainly very different. And I actually did a little commentary reading on this, because I was like, dragons? No, I'm, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, because I was like, why, why, A, why are dragons there to begin with, and B, why do we change it? And so there was a couple of commentaries, and, and a lot of the, the commentaries, the, the, that idea of dragon, it was actually like a, like a sea serpent. It was like a, you know on maps where you have um, that big area back in the day, where, where you would have big areas, that just says here be dragons. It basically just means don't go there, you're not coming back. Anybody that goes over there, all the ships that go there, they don't come back, and it's because monsters get them. That's the idea there. And so this idea right here is... is is two different very distinct animal groups right the the big crazy monsters that we don't understand and we don't know and the ones that we do understand and we do know in this case ostriches so that's the idea and um to to not to not to rabbit hole too much i promise i'll come back to what we were talking about but if if you are if you do have an issue with with translation in the bible if that kind of thing is a big sticking point for you because i know some people they're like well you're just justifying it it's still it, you know, the words didn't match up, and therefore it's not a, it's not a valid translation. I, I heard a guy um, explain it like this to me, and it makes them complete sense. He said, if you have one person that sees an event, and they tell you what happened, if they change what they tell you, then they're no longer telling you what actually happened. But they're the only one that saw it, and so you'll have no idea that they've changed it you'll assume that what they are saying is true, even though factually never happened. But if you have 20 people that saw it, and 19 of them tell you basically the same thing, and one of them tells you something real wild and different, then you'll know that the one that's telling you something real wild and different is changing the facts. And so even if the 19 people don't say the exact same words, or don't even tell you the exact same sequence, you still know that that's the factual thing that happened. That's what Bible translations are good for. If they were all identical, then we'd have no idea if one crazy guy decided to change the Bible. I think that's why God gives us many translations. I think that's why God gave us the Old Testament in a really complicated, beautiful, poetic language, not a structural one, and then he gave us the New Testament in a structural one, but even that has some variation to English. I think there's a reason why he did that, was to get that spectrum, so that when somebody comes out with a Bible, there are some that I will not preach out of, because they have simply changed changed what God meant, what God said. But I can only tell that because the bulk of them all say the same thing. So if you get a word here or there that's different, That's what that is. So, sorry, that was a bit of a diatribe and was not in any of my notes. So, hopefully, I can still be on time. All right. The wild beast will honor me. Will honor me. Lift me up. The wild beast will lift me up. I think this is interesting language because it's very specific, it's very precise. They will honor me. I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. So that's still this image of I create nature and then nature honors me. It will honor me. But then we get to the last part. To give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself that they might declare my praise. Do you feel like that is Actual water? I mean, he does give us actual water too. But this thing that he has growing, this thing that he has springing forth 700 years before Christ, this new thing that he's saying, can't you guys perceive it? I'm bringing water to the desert. That's my soul. Before Christ, my soul was a desert. Before Christ, I had fear. Before Christ, I didn't really have purpose. Outside of Christ, I don't really have an identity. I don't know what is right from wrong, good from bad. But God has made a way to bring a river to the desert. So now I have life. But I want to point out real quick a small distinction. The beasts will honor me, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Hang on to that for a second. Keep that in your brain. Ephesians 2 For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship my chosen people, the people whom I formed. Revelation 4. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created, that they might declare my praise. John 4. But the hour is coming And is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That means they won't change the rules because society doesn't like them. And that means that they won't worship differently When they're alone, when nobody's looking, they'll worship me in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him, the people whom I form for myself, that they might declare my praise. They might declare my praise. God built all of nature, and he said, it will honor me. The rocks will sing to me. The animals don't get a choice they are prescribed what they are. That's all they get. But people, He loves us too much. People, He loves us too much. Father is seeking such people to worship Him. Well, why doesn't He just make us worship Him then? He could, right? He has that ability, He can do anything He wants. So then, why doesn't He just say, okay, everybody worship me? Because well, He loves us too much? because then we're not different than giraffes and ostriches. He loves us more than all those things. He loves us more than his giant, incredible, elaborate creation. And so he says, please love me. He gives us a choice. The people who i formed for myself, he's seeking such people to worship him, the people i formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. It's your choice. He will not force you. Well, why not? Because that's not love. You can't force someone to love you. That's not love. If he loved me enough, I love my wife very much, but I give her the choice to stay with me or go. I'm a basket case. She gets a lot of fruitcake nonsense. But she has that choice, and I've got to give her that choice. If she decides, I'm outie, well, that'll break my heart, certainly. Fortunately, she's a a woman of very strong faith, and so we have a very strong faith connection. So when she says, I'm outie, she really is just going to pray and recenter, and God, give me a little more patience for this moron. And then she comes back, and we work it out, and we start working together again. But if she decided that she didn't want to be with me anymore and I chained her up in the basement because I loved her too much to let her leave, that's called kidnapping. (laughs) That's not love anymore. Love has to be a choice. That I People that I've formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. If you are in this room right now and you don't know Christ, God has made a river through the desert to get to you. Without Christ, you couldn't get to God. It's impossible. A river through the desert doesn't make any sense. It's almost unnatural. God has broken his entire creation to get you to him. He loves you that much. And that's all he wants. So if you don't feel him in your life, Take a second and just let your life quiet and you'll start to hear Him. You'll start to see Him. God, help me see as You see. Help me see myself as You do. We have a purpose. In Christ, we have a purpose. Whatever bad things you've done, Remember not the past. He's changed our vision. In Christ, you see the world differently. He's reshaped our purpose. We now serve a God that is never-ending, that is all-powerful, and we will not die. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank You for today. Thank You for this place that You've given us with this cool microphone that I don't have to yell, but if this microphone hadn't worked, Father God, You know I'd be yelling because Your Word is truth. We need Your truth. Help us to resolve ourselves, to come closer to You, to be more like You, to be more like the example that You set us in Your Son, Jesus. And above all else, Help us to accept that sacrifice. Help us to drink from that river in the desert and honor you. If you're hearing my voice right now and you have never committed yourself to God through Christ, I've got incredible news. God's waiting for you with open hands. He wants to take your life away. I don't care how badly addicted you are to whatever. He wants to take that away from you. I don't care how what terrible thing you've done in the past. It's not bigger than God. His hands are outstretched, and all it takes to fall into his arms is to say, Father God, I'm a sinner. I'm dirty. I'm not deserving of you. But I know that you love me, and I know that you've made a way. I know that you've bought my sin through the incredible sacrifice of your Son Jesus Christ. And I know that you've proven your power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to come home. It doesn't have to be those exact words, but if you pray that prayer and you commit your life to God through Christ, welcome to the family. Some of the rest of you have been maybe Christians for a long time and maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you feel like you're standing out in the desert Maybe you've gotten away from praying, studying. Maybe some of you are watching online. You've gotten away from being in church. And maybe now it's just become habit. There was a time when it was important for health reasons, but maybe now you're not really doing it for that reason anymore. You just... It's easier to listen to these words in your footy pajamas. Come back home. We need you. And if you look inside, you know that you need us. Father God, I pray over whoever it is in this room that believes in you, that loves you, that wants to follow you, but there is a monster that's got them, there is a demon that's got them, in the form of addiction, in the form of depression, in the form of anxiety, in the form of, of, of whatever it is, infidelity. Some kind of bad business deal, and they're getting into some crazy stuff. Whoever it is, Father God, I just ask that you lift that burden off their heart. You whisper in their ear, I've got you, baby. I've got you, my little baby boy, my little baby girl. Your problems aren't bigger than me, and just. Let them fall into your arms. Father God, help me to see you. Help me to see as you see. Help me to see where you're working, where you would have me devote my attention, and help me to see myself as you do. We love you so much. Amen.